Welcome to Soothing Harmonies of Love, Psyche, and Soul with host Danielle Burns, an inspiring program that explores real stories and rich melodies of love, creativity, and wisdom with guests from a deep healing perspective. Discover how sacred archetypal experiences illuminate new areas of awareness during life transitions. Now, here is Danielle Burns. Hello, I want to welcome you all back to this week's episode of Love, Psyche, and Soul. Today, angels speak their blessings as we explore an area Carl Jung theorizes as the collective unconscious or or autonomous psyche, a realm ripe with potential to transmit messages within one's emotional authority stemming from a perceived larger intelligence or power. Thought to represent the core of one's being, this realm of the psyche is the ultimate source of sacred experience, the place where personal and transcendent uh, transcendent aspects are inextricably entwined. It's my personal opinion that we may tap into this realm grounded within the heart. Because the heart holds inner knowledge and authentic wisdom. However, we rarely take time to connect with the heart in ways that allow us to connect with its messages. Here, answers arise spontaneously, some of which we don't expect and naturally evolve over a period of time as we try to understand them. And the wisdom of the heart is available to all men and women as each person learns to trust in this inner source of knowing. Leading from a space of loving connection, we learn to have faith in this type of wisdom and its infinite energy, allowing it to provide direction regarding our life purpose and alignment with the people that bring joy to our lives. There's no reward greater than listening to your heart on the path to understanding your life purpose. And the form and character of these announcing messages are relevant to the psychology of the dreamers themselves and serve serve to offer information about what is to come. So these announcing messages validate countless experiences of men and women, even when the outcomes do not manifest, but for those who do experience these announcing messages, followed by positive news, they tend to carry an archetypal quality. So this episode will explore the sacred realm of heartfelt wisdom in the fulfillment of purpose-driven endeavors and achievement of goals inspired by one's higher self. And this is the angelic space within all human beings where blessings flow benevolently. So we will hear the life story of our very special guest, Anara. Uh, And she is a prime potential facilitator, a hypnotherapist, a Reiki master, and soul coach out of Orange County, California. And we will hear her story during the first and second segments of the show after which we will hear how Anara has revolutionized the field of coaching with new gifts and technologies. So I invite you to sit back and relax. We've got a lot to cover today. And now we will begin with our featured story. I was alone a lot as a child. 
My parents were busy working and trying to make it in a new country. England in the 1970s was quite an isolating place for immigrants. Our family had also suffered a lot of losses. My grandfather died when I was five years old and he was the patriarch in my dad's family. And he also loved me unconditionally, so we were very, very close. It was a big loss to the family when he passed. My mother also had had a very difficult birth with me and almost died. She was young and in many ways uh, also very alone in a new country. We never really bonded the way that I would have liked looking back on it. And in many ways we were all quite wounded and traumatized. I've come to see that being able to be alone, to be in my room, in my own world, was actually a, a huge gift. I was able to, in many ways, bring myself up, teach myself, read the books that were available to me from school, and sales and focus on anything that I wanted to focus on. I realize now that all this was a survival strategy for a little girl lost and alone. In my room I created my own world. I could be where I wanted to be doing what I wanted to do. I didn't really have to please anybody. However, I had a very important link that was forged at that time, a bridge to a world inside myself, my own inner world. And this link has only grown stronger over the years. I've added different tools, meditation, energy awareness, different forms of spirituality, all different lenses that I've been able to look through in my life to have experiences of expanded awareness. I've always loved meditation, and I was formally introduced to it when I was about 10 years old, so quite young, really. And... Luckily, being alone and still were all quite easy for me by that point. So I often had the experience that if I went into meditation, that there was a rich inner world there always waiting for me. It was always more pleasant for me than actually the real world and the noise of um, real world voices and uh, people and energy and yes there was a peace but it was also the true feeling of connection being connected to something that was in a way much bigger than me a presence that was always patiently waiting uh, for me to visit it 
But it wasn't until my 30s that my spiritual experiences started to unfold quite rapidly. And by this time, I was quite grounded in my own life. Uh, we owned a home. I was happily married and pretty content with, with my life. My beliefs were strongly that we live in a universe or a world made of energy, that I myself am energy, that reality is not as solid as it seems to our five senses, is eternal and evolving at the same time. So for me, we live in what the Hindus call Maya, which is the illusion. Or as Shakespeare would say, that we're actors on a stage. And these beliefs are core to my being. After about, at that time, 20 years of meditating by then, and that these beliefs served me as a backdrop, like I say. So my first experience is while I'm meditating. I'm sitting, I'm seeing through my own eyes, and even though I have my eyes closed, I'm all of a sudden seeing as if my eyes were, were open. And then slowly, everything around me, the walls, the windows, and finally even the floor, disappear. And then I'm aware that I'm sitting, floating really, actually in the stars. but that I'm not alone. And I feel very comfortable there with a presence who feels like an old friend, someone who I totally trust. I look over and it is a, a man with robes on him. He feels like an equal. And I hear myself telling him that I have a list, a list of requirements that I need before I would go to Earth. And I'm being very adamant about them. It feels like I'm watching this and at the same time experiencing it. So I can't quite explain how that is. But to him, I'm saying, like, I need this, I need this and this, or forget it, I'm not going back. And I sound like a petulant child to myself, but also a knowing child, someone who, who knows the deal and is not going to get trapped anywhere in any kind of circumstances without having their, their list <laughs> uh, met. That was interesting. And this listener or companion with me was very kind and told me that he would be on the journey with me. And it felt like a very, really just a very good and beautiful experience. 
and it slowly kind of faded away. I was back sitting in the walls and the, the floor, the windows, everything kind of coming back in together. It was very expansive. I felt expanded and uh, safe at the same time. And looking back on it, I would say I was embodying the archetype of the orphan child and the innocent child as well. And finally, the archetype of the knowing child, the wise child. I woke up at about 3 a.m., and which was not normal for me. I'm a deep sleeper. I sleep all night. I don't meditate at night at all. Um, I, I don't usually remember my dreams. I'm not a lucid dreamer. But I had to wake up early, so I woke up at about 3 a.m., and instead of rushing to get ready and get out the door for my long drive, I felt myself being pulled towards the window in the bedroom and to look up at the sky. Not ever done this before, so I go with it. I look up at the sky and the sky looks like a little like a normal night sky but it is segmented there are huge rectangles of sky joined by rivets or divots and these these are made up of light and all the rectangles are joined together like fabricated parts making up the entire horizon So at this point, I keep rubbing my eyes to make sure that I was seeing clearly, um, that I was not dreaming. I looked over to, to see my bed. I was not in my bed. I could see the room I was in, uh, the bed, the clock, my husband still sleeping. And everything began to come into clear focus in the room. And then I looked back outside to the sky and the sky still stayed in this series of joined rectangles held together with light, with rivets, um, at regular intervals, not random like the stars. And it continued to stay like this until finally I just decided I had to start to get ready and, um, and leave. And by the time I got ready, had some food, I would keep checking in outside. The sky still looked that way. So it was quite a long experience. And by the time I left, uh, the sun was starting to grow brighter. And when I got in my car, the sky had returned to, to what I would call a normal sky. That, um, that was a very, very cool experience and I still remember it very, very clearly. And I actually quite enjoyed it. In my, in my background, I didn't feel like I was losing my mind or that I was hallucinating. 
I hadn't taken any drugs. I wasn't on any medication. Um, and not that I'm really judging those things. I, I'm just saying that those weren't part of the equation for me. The experiences didn't derail me or scare me in any way. I just really accepted them. Um, and I was grateful for them. And this next one that I'm going to talk about um, takes it to the next level for me. Wow. I don't know about any of you, but when I heard this story for the first time, I was sitting on the edge of my seat. I couldn't wait to hear more. We've got more on this story coming for you right after this short break. So stay tuned in. We'll be right back. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. Everything changes. All roads lead to an end. Yet, here on the sea of the setting sun, you can experience the bliss of movement and never say goodbye. With the wind at your side, swaying to the currents of life, you can listen to velvety skies whispering inviting you to pause and reflect along this lover's aisle. Conscious healing and consulting facilitates new levels of empowerment, growth, and awareness using techniques rooted in wisdom, traditions of the heart, and other ways of knowing. While we can't change difficult situations in your past, we will work together to better understand your present circumstances for a more meaningful life. Why not slow down and set yourself free? Let the wonder of your heart, soul, and imagination set sail for a change. Visit Conscious Healing and Consulting on the web at ConsciousHealingConsult.com. Become a member of VoiceAmerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit voiceamerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. You are tuned in to Love, Psyche, and Soul with Danielle Burns. If you have a question about our program or story you'd like to share with our listeners, we'd love to hear from you by email to lovepsychesoul at gmail.com. Again, that's love, psyche, soul at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's show. Hello, good people, and thank you for staying with us during this fourth episode as angels speak their blessings today. And we've got one of those beautiful angels in person, known in public as Inara, a moving prime potential facilitator and soul coach in Orange County, California. 
On the show, we're exploring the personal and transcendent aspects of the collective unconscious, the sacred realm of heartfelt wisdom, and the fulfillment of purpose-driven endeavors inspired by one's higher self. And this is, in my opinion, the angelic space within all human beings where blessings flow in a loving way. And I assure you, you will be inspired by what you hear in this life story of our special guest, Inara. We've got the rest of that story coming in this next segment. So now we will continue listening to our featured story. My Remembering It was in about 2004. At that time, I was taking a women's tantric dance class, and I was really enjoying it. And uh, the teacher, you know, would would inform us a little bit about, about the Indian culture, and she would have different pictures and things up. And she, she wouldn't speak directly of any kind of um, mythology or goddesses, nothing specific. It was all very general. In my own study, I had um, encountered Kali Ma, the dark goddess or the dark mother, um, in other stories that I was reading. And... She seemed to be a very dark figure, someone who was very scary in a way, someone that could take away things from you, things that you wanted, things that you loved, um, people that you loved. And she was very unpredictable. She held the archetype of the destroyer energy. And frankly, she scared, scared me. And why that's relevant is that somehow she is a big part of this story. I had not grown up with um, Kali as um, anyone that I knew. She's not part of the religion. had not worshipped any deities growing up. So this was all new. The day of that particular class, a woman had joined our group who actually had been part of the group before us. And she had asked if she could dance with us that night because she had cancer and was going to have a double mastectomy the next morning. And wanted to process some of her grief around losing her breasts and part of her body grieving the loss of those body parts and her femininity in a way. So already the tone of the class was different. Uh, there was a there was a feeling that something big was going to happen Um, but we didn't know what and we didn't we weren't directed as to what 
the way that format of the class was was each of us would dance uh, first together in a group and then we would all be witnessed individually dancing in front of the group and there was no choreography no plan it was just whatever you were called to to embody or to express at that time so when it was my turn i went up and um started started to kind of uh, get into it i closed my eyes at first which was pretty normal everybody had that had that option and as i just felt into the movements again i felt moved and starting to starting to dance i felt emotional and then there was a sense that there was another presence there with me again something other than me and it was very close to me and that i could even move my move myself aside and have it be in my body if i wanted it and i did so i allowed the presence to unfold within me and i felt very different i felt very very tall and expanded i had the experience of having more arms than my own two arms i can't really explain what that felt like i felt very strong in my legs and i was guided over to come close to a few of the audience of the women we were all i was on a stage or i was on a floor we were all sitting the the audience was sitting i was i was standing and i was just guided to come towards a few people and i felt my arms my many arms slowly deliberately and gently begin to cut away what felt like cobwebs in front of them even though there was nothing there it felt like i was cutting away some energy in front of them and i did this it felt very light there was no ego there was no pain there was no um anger nothing dark at all it felt like i was in service to something much greater it felt like i was helping these other women cut away illusions cut through old pain or old energy 
that was in their space. It felt, like I said, like I was in service. And it was incredible. I wasn't afraid. It felt like it was Kali. And I felt very humbled. And as I began to just feel back into myself, move fully back into my body. I was absolutely changed. I would never really be the same in a way again. I didn't have any fear of the dark. I knew it was my purpose to help others and to go into dark places and to show them the light. And it, there was nothing like it. I felt incredibly blessed again and very, very grateful to whatever happened that night, that evening. It will forever be my strongest experience of the goddess of the divine, of the numinous. You've heard her powerful story. And now I have the pleasure of introducing you to Anara. Anara, welcome to the show. I just want to spend a little bit of time, um, as usual, sharing some important details with our listeners about you because you bring such a, a rich background, um, not just to your story, but to the work that you do. And you have been mastering principles of healing and transformation for quite some time. You began um, your traditional and non-traditional educational backgrounds, starting with a BA in history and psychology from the University of British Columbia. You have multiple um, certifications, but this lifelong process of learning certainly didn't stop there. And in your story, you share that you were able to go into dark places with no fear in order to help people see the light in ways that forever changed your experience of self. And so I'm wondering if you can tell us a little bit more about how these elements have unfolded within your life presently. Thank you, Danielle. Um, I just realized that I'm wired a little bit differently. I'm wired to go inward um, and other people are wired to go outward and that's amazing. Um, I do feel that because of my background and what I can do on the, in the inner world and how I can navigate it, that people that are searching, people that are seeking 
Um, you know who you are. You've probably been on the path as well for, for a while um, that, that I can help um, guide. Beautiful. That's beautiful. And in that guidance, this has not just been a journey of guiding others. It's been a journey of guiding yourself as well. So how do you continue to do that? How do you use this beautiful heartfelt wisdom or even a little bit of the intuition? Because there's a lot of intuition going on within those stories as you're being guided by um, the other existing outside of the self that is not just found within people. It's found within the transcendent realm. So how does that sense of other guide you in your process of understanding yourself in present day experience? Mm, that's a really big question, uh, Danielle. Um, I am able to to connect with intuition, um, but it's because I have been able to go inside that I can connect with whatever is inside and with then what appears to be on the on the outside for people. Um, and I do believe that everyone has their own process; that we all have a consciousness that is there before we're born. And that will certainly be there after we pass. So um, it's connecting with that consciousness and helping others connect with that consciousness in their life, you know, because it Mm -hmm. can be accessed, Mm -hmm. you know, thank goodness, it can be accessed and uh, it can make our life path that much easier, um, more conscious, more available, we're able to flow more. Um, so it's it's very helpful to be able to, to connect there, however we do it. Absolutely. That's beautiful. I love how you talk about flowing more. <laughs> we can all use a little bit more of that, you know, within our lives. And I think these are the aha moments that we experience in the flow of change, in the flow of life. The aha moments surface gradually, allowing us to get just enough information to know that we're right on the edge of change. But then there's an intelligence that lets us know that it's okay to just flow with the process, to breathe into it, just as you did through all of your experiences. And and I can only imagine that for lots of people, including myself, if I encountered any one of those experiences, I'd probably be so frightened. There's something about your ability to connect with that sense of otherness and to flow into those experiences in such a beautiful way where you have the capacity to release fear altogether and to receive something very important in the way of the message offered by the experience. So how would you explain that? How would you go into that further? As I explained during the story that I started meditating when I was really young, luckily, and probably it took me 20 years to be able to be grounded enough because when I, if I, I had some small experiences when I was a young child, you know, between 10 and um, 15 um, or even earlier than that, that were scary, you know, that, Mm -hmm. that did. And they were framed around, you know, the myths of the time, the stories that I was reading, witches and goblins and dwarves and ghosts Mm -hmm. and um, which can be scary. But, you know, now I see them with my eyes now and they were overlays of my, of what was happening within me and happening around me and with my family and with my circumstances. Um, But it it really took me a long time to be able to ground myself and to be able to trust in the process, trust in life and uh, know myself 
um, so that having those experiences didn't totally spin me, you know? Mm. Um, and in fact, they were so additive and expansive. Um, but yeah, it could have gone could have gone the other way for sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that lots of people experience um, the trauma and take that in as an understanding of strength versus um, adversity in a way that completely stops them from growing, that the, the adversity becomes the strength. And, you know, in those moments of sort of going into your childhood and talking about your experiences being very scary, We've all had, you know, those traumatic experiences. But here you've taken it, you know, to a completely different level. So trauma, in one sense for you, had a purpose, which it does for lots of people. It allowed you to develop um, a deeper sense of identity. And at some point, I realized you're going to go into a little bit more of that with us today, how identity has become a cornerstone of not just your life, but even the work that you do, Um, stemming from childhood experiences and venturing into the world of vocation in a way that allows people to, um, to experience some inner level of strength and healing as well. So I definitely want to get into that with you. I hope you'll share that with us today. Absolutely. Okay, beautiful, beautiful. So I invite all of you to just stay tuned in with us. We're going to explore some interesting new um, ideas and technologies from Anara, remembering that she's got a lot to share with us, not just within the realm of the coaching work that she does, the facilitation work that she does uh, within the realm of training and programs, but also this new area of identity development that's just on the cusp of forming. So we'll get more information from her about that. I invite you to stay tuned with us. We'll be back right after this break. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. Everything changes. All roads lead to an end. Yet, here on the sea of the setting sun, you can experience the bliss of movement and never say goodbye. With the wind at your side, swaying to the currents of life, you can listen to velvety skies whispering, inviting you to pause and reflect along this lover's aisle. Conscious healing and consulting facilitates new levels of empowerment, growth, and awareness using techniques rooted in wisdom, traditions of the heart, and other ways of knowing. While we can't change difficult situations in your past, we will work together to better understand your present circumstances for a more meaningful life. Why not slow down and set yourself free Let the wonder of your heart, soul, and imagination set sail for a change. Visit Conscious Healing and Consulting on the web at ConsciousHealingConsult.com. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. 
all access, all the time. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are tuned in to Love, Psyche, and Soul with Danielle Burns. If you have a question about our program or story you'd like to share with our listeners, we'd love to hear from you by email to lovepsychesoul at gmail.com. Again, that's lovepsychesoul at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's show. Hello, beautiful souls out there. Today we are talking to Anara a talented prime potential facilitator and soul coach in Orange County, California. And we are exploring, again, the personal and transcendent aspects of the collective unconscious, that sacred realm of heartfelt experience and wisdom in the fulfillment of purpose-driven endeavors. And all of these are inspired by um, the higher self, all of which Anara has beautifully shared uh, within her story, within her life history. We've heard some beautiful, beautiful elements of her deeper understanding of self and how she has brought that into her um, vocational life. So now we're going to talk a little bit more about a concept that she just began to share with us right before the break, the concept of identity and identity development. And this is a new technology that has lately been developed, and she does this work with her clients, and so she's going to share more about that. First thing that we want to get into, of course, is asking her this question of, what is identity development in the group work process? So, Nara, go ahead and share that with us. Great question, Danielle. Um, let me speak a little bit. Let me give you a little bit of background on the, the concepts um, that I under, as I understand it, and then I'll get into the nuts and bolts of identity development. So I really uh, rest on the foundation that believing that the most important relationship is the relationship that we have with ourselves. And paradoxically, that the better the relationship that you have with yourself, the better that you will have a better relationship that you'll have with others. And I've always drawn to the work that shows how deep and layered and complex we really are. So knowing yourself is not as simple as, uh, as it sounds, and, but having that relationship, knowing yourself is, is the base, is the core, is the baseline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So with that, um, my understanding is that our consciousness also holds our experiences and actually not only ours, but our family story as well, this transgenerational biography. And we reach into our past, ourselves, and through us, our family story. And we're shaped by it, whether we know it consciously or unconsciously. And this can be, like you mentioned, trauma, you know, the pain of uh, poverty, loss, you know, whatever all of our families have experienced. So it's right there. And from this, we forge a sense of ourself in that story, who we are, what role we played um, 
And sometimes that that story or persona is based unknowingly on an archetype, like the child, Mm. the innocent, the victim, Mm -hmm. the warrior, the nurturer, the seeker, the monk, the master, the ruler, the seer, et cetera, et cetera. Love that. Mm. So this story that we tell ourselves of who we are can change, and it does change as we grow and evolve. And when you can change your own story, reframe the same experiences that you had that brought you to your knees as a child or brought you to your knees regardless of your age and understand them and have the courage to feel into that, that pain or that loss and then evolve your sense of who you are, forgive yourself, mm-hmm. accept, forgive, forgive yourself, you. yes, love mm-hmm. yourself and others, um, then you're not only in charge of your own narrative, you have turned lead into gold. Mm. And that is the process of transformation. Mm. Mm. And so it's with this understanding of the psyche and the journey that I'm currently now immersed in, fully immersed in the uh, the world of identity development. Mm. And I'll give you, yeah, yeah. It's beautiful. It sounds alchemical, Mm. how lead turns into gold. And I love the way that you've explained that beautiful transformation process. It's very fluid in nature, isn't it? That's what it sounds like to me. Is that right? Is that it can be fluid and we can stop and by the wayside for quite a while. You know, that seed can be dormant for a long time, Mm. just kind of gathering itself up and gathering its resources before it grows. Mm. You know, so we take our own time with our journeys, um, sometimes going deeply inward. Um, someone sometimes just stopping and then when the time is right growing and sending out those little shoots and and uh, roots uh, when we're ready to plant ourselves in the world beautiful you know one of the things that I've noticed about the learning process which I think is a belief system for lots of people coming from a perspective of psychology and therapy is that learning can happen in multiple ways it's not just the inner transformation it's the external uh, change that happens through behavioral strategies behavioral strategies rely on a different type of learning that um, is grounded in tangible understanding of where the learning process originates within the environment, how the environment not just operates on the individual, how the individual also operates on the environment. So as we're listening to this new technology, there are probably lots of myths out there. And I'm I'm wondering if maybe you can get into some of those myths with our listeners so that they have a better understanding of what to expect and what not to assume with this process. Um, Okay, I'll start there. I'll start with the myth before I go into the the dynamics. So I, I believe the myth around this work, which as really at its core is radical self examination, that Self-examination has to be hard, that it's a long, lonely, scary, painful road, and that we have to get used to being the monk, maybe, or giving up everything, or the seeker that's solitary, lonely, wounded. And this work actually really turns all of that upside down, mm-hmm. that we, mm-hmm. can, we can be self, we can examine ourselves And this can be done at our own pace with like-minded souls Mm -hmm. and you can be supported and you can have the ahas and the joy and the pain and come out of it 
not on top of some kind of mountain, but actually more able to live in the world with love and acceptance. Mm-hmm. 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 So, and so the myth around that is that probably lots of people assume that this is just an inward process, that it really doesn't have much to do with that connection to environment or that connection with other, when in fact it does. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely, Danielle. And I'll tell you how. Um, so this identity development was not created by me, I have to say that. Uh, it's offered by Stephen Gyllenhaal in the Institute for Identity Development in Los Angeles, which is based on the work of Professor Franz Rupert in Munich, Germany. That in turn was based on a deep body of work by Bert Hellinger, also in Germany. But this work is remarkable because through a simple sentence of intention, so we, we're in a group, one person writes a sentence of intention up on the board, something that they deeply desire, something mm-hmm. that can be as simple as, I want safety, I want love, mm-hmm. or I desire to be rich, I want to be seen, I want to be famous. Whatever your true heart's desire is, whatever that looks like, is put up on the board and then is assigned uh, it's broken down into its composite parts, the words in the sentence. Each one of those words then gets put on a, a post-it note and gets put on a person who is in the group who doesn't have any idea of your narrative, of your story mm-hmm. at all. And they're not a special group. Pe- these are people that have seekers that have just wandered in um, to the group that, that evening that are ready to work or resonate uh, for the subject or the client uh, who's putting their sentence of intention up. They may never have known them. They may never see them again. Mm-hmm. So this is like the mysterious aspect of the work mm-hmm. because once they are assigned that and the, the group really starts to work, Matt, that's kind of, I call it magic. Franz Rupert would probably, or Stephen would probably be uh, wanting to call it very scientific, explaining it through quantum entanglement and other, other you know, uh, quantum physics and mirror neurons and all of that. And I believe that there is a scientific explanation, but it doesn't, to me, encompass everything. And maybe science will be able to explain it at some point, but I don't think it does a great job of it now. So um, somehow everyone in the group plays out a word and that word becomes a part of the story mm-hmm. of that person's life story without ever knowing that person, mm-hmm. without you know being privy to their private moments. And sometimes the subject themselves doesn't even realize what's going to come up and has forgotten instances that the the word or the the part is speaking, um, is expressing, and often there's surprise at uh, from the subject of what what happens. And sometimes this is again, like I mentioned, transgenerational. This is a family story that comes into the room that is being spoken about. So it takes the facilitator some time to sort through the different messages that are coming. The different uh, parts are all just like parts of our own psyche. You know, Danielle, mm-hmm. um, you know, we, these aren't, these aren't different personalities. I'm not talking about schizophrenia here. I have no knowledge of that or no, um, that's not my expertise. Um, these are parts of the self, parts of us that have split off in times of overwhelm or 
of pain, of trauma, and have gone into corners of our mind. And now we're bringing them to life again, allowing them to speak and to interact with them in real time. So the actual subject is interacting in, in a room with parts of their mind in real time. Mm, love that in real time and what I love about it is that this real time process is not just the work that you do in group process it's also the work that you do in individual um, sessions with clients and so um, how would you explain the work that you do in this area of soul coaching I know that you're a prime um, potential facilitator as well but what can you share with us about this new technology of soul coaching hmm. that you offer to your clients thank you um, soul coaching is like you said very alchemical um, it takes the person back in their own at their own pace back to their true self um, and sometimes it takes takes a while. So that's an extended process. Prime potential is a much more um, concentrated form. It's a process that we go right back in timelines and look at release um, what we can of trauma and uh, whatever is stressing the person at the time, and then really give them an experience of who they truly are an experience of the numinous in themselves. That's beautiful. And what I want to do is I want to sort of take that into a different understanding here because we've spoken to Inara, and Nara, you are a breath of fresh air, a beautiful fragrance. And what I want our listeners to know is that there are multiple ways to contact you as we begin to close out our show. So go ahead and just quickly share that uh, with our listeners. Okay. Um, on Instagram, I am Anara, A-N-A-R-A-H, at, uh, sorry, dot soul dot coach. Um, my website is anara.com. And I post the events that I do. I do, do soul cafes in Orange County. I have events in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Um, I'm going to be visiting uh, Ireland in September and uh, doing a talk there. And all of this can be accessed if you just go onto Facebook, also anara.soul.coach, and follow me. That's beautiful. And as all of you know, um, I always to give you a little bit of, of uh, poetry or uh, singing. And this is to demonstrate the benevolent nature of angelic wisdom, which Anara has offered to all of us. She certainly represents the archetype of the angel to me. So I invite you to relax and enjoy the soothing gift as we close out our show today. Trusted in the high. 
and soul. Please join Danielle Burns for another episode of Rich Stories and Healing Melodies next Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Meanwhile, we wish you a weekend full of heartfelt wisdom. 